Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday. We begin in Alabama, and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. And the Music of America podcast continues. This is so exciting to me. We, we have a duo called Spism. It's Pablo and Dave. And Pablo is in Tokyo and Dave is in Chicago. And we're going to see what they do and how they do it from two cities halfway across the world from each other. And uh, they've got some pretty cool music we're going to talk about. But first, I want to talk about Flash Jam. Discover your celebrity at the newest, hottest, most interesting and fun live music show to hit the scene in probably 50 years. It's called Flash Jam. Whether you perform live music or enjoy watching live music, Flash Jam has something for everyone. Flash Jam is a dynamic way for musicians to come together, perform, and compete for recognition and rewards. Whether you are new to the stage or an experienced musician, Flash Jam provides an exciting platform to collaborate and showcase your talents. Musicians perform hit songs with other random musicians who share a passion for the same song. Existing bands are featured performing iconic songs to display new and emerging local talent. And then the live music patrons participate by voting on their favorite musical combinations. It's really a lot of fun, and it's all there at Flash Jam. Coming to a market near you, coming soon, flashjam.com. Welcome to the show. I had to do that as the first commercial because that's as unique as what you guys do. So, uh, Dave, let's start, I guess, start with you because you're an... You're in the States. So, you know, by, by default, Pablo, you just, you're second citizen now, you know. <laughs> I'm a U.S. citizen. He has a lot to say about that, actually. <laughs> so what, what is, what is SPISM? What is SPISM? Tell us what that is, first of all. Well, so SPISM has been around for a while. Uh, when I, I met Pablo uh, in 2002 in Chicago. Wow. Um, okay. So we, yeah, it's been around a while. <laughs> we've been around for a bit. So um, SPISM was an idea that I had be, I moved from Baltimore originally. So that's where I'm from. And I had this idea of a band. I've been doing like this version of we, we're a drummer and a bass player. So we do like, like I'll call it drum and bass, but like, and we do a style called drum and bass. But we um when I before I moved to Chicago, I was I came up with the idea of spism. And I what I originally thought of was this like meeting of metal, <laughs> metal free jazz, like a jazz, you know, experimental yeah. jazz and um and uh drum and bass. So I thought spism was gonna be like this, this whole like five or six members with a tenor sax and DJ guitar player, upright bass player and drums and all these horns. And then I met Pablo and I'm like, you know, well, we'll get into it, but you know, Spism became two people. Yeah. But it's become a lot more since then. So we'll, I, there's a lot more to get into with that, but yeah. And Pablo, how about you? How do you, when somebody asks you what Spism is, how do you define it? Asm, um, just an explosion, especially in the beginning. Uh, when, when I met David, um, and he's, you know, obviously talking about his concept. Um, we would just play. So um, we would just improvise for hours, just play, we'd say hello, how was your day, and just play. So for me, it was, Spism just meant like, it, it was more like a feeling, you know, his beats, uh, when he's talking about drum and bass, uh, you know, the break beats was something that I was drawn to, uh, the explosiveness of it. Uh -huh. uh, the, the aggression of it you know so it's not necessarily like you know drum and bass music because it is acoustic and live um and 
and we were experimenting, you know, like what he was talking about, free jazz. So to me, spism, you know, meant freedom. Yeah. If I could put it in a word, uh, you know, because with other bands, you know, you have like your compositions and you're like, okay, you know, you have a singer, guitar player, drummer, you know, however the makeup is. Uh, with, with spism, everything, everything just kind of worked, you know. So whatever you're feeling, whatever you're feeling in that moment in time, and as long as you just ran with it, you know, him and I were able to, you know what I mean, just uh, do gymnastics and, and find even when, when a riff wasn't really working, we would just kind of push it, push it, push it to kind of make it work, you know. And they kind of bust through so, that plane to get to where you're going. We would never stop playing, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and, and that's how we started, just, just playing, playing, and then, you know, not listening back, but thinking back, like, you know, in, in a session saying like, Hey man, that, you know, that, that beat that you're playing was, was pretty cool or vice versa, you know, like, Hey, I really like that baseline that you were doing, you know? And I'm like, when, you know what I mean? Cause it'd be yeah, like, yeah. we'd be playing for 40, 45 minutes or an hour. And then we would start, you know, trying to pick apart some of those sections. Um, but it was always very free. So it was just an idea of a riff or a beat or mm -hmm. whatever, or we would just talk about a theme and uh, we would just kind of go with that. Dave, it sounds like the approach was from a jazz approach, though not a, like a one, four, five blues or rock and roll. Right. Yes. So jazz is at your roots? For sure. So I'm a metal drummer that got into jazz, went to school for jazz in, in Baltimore, with the whole music performance degree, and really, really learned how to hone my craft, finesse. Because I was like, I was hitting hard, like the hard drummer, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, but like the faster you play, like the, more finesse you need to bring into it. So like there's this old adage, it's like the the metal drummer makes easy music look hard and the jazz drummer makes the hard music look easy. And that's kind of my <laughs> that's kind of my I thing. love that. That's kind of I'm so I I became a metal drum I was a metal drummer, I became a jazz drummer and I am a fusion of those things. In order to play this fast, emulate the drum and bass sounds and just speed it up and to play such in demanding music. It just it really brutal speeds, 200 plus BPM. And for such a long period of time, you need to have the right techniques. So I've worked really hard on woodshedding these techniques, especially when I moved to Chicago. So Pablo, I met Pablo at this, this right moment when I was, I was out of college. It was like post 9-11 on the date, right? Um, post 9-11 yeah. moved, moved to Chicago. And we, like he hit me at this time where I was just ready to just explode um, on my own in Chicago. I was just going to jam sessions and that's where I met him. We met at a jam session. Had you been making a name for yourself already at that point in Chicago? Uh, yes. So um, I, I, I moved here to play with like free jazz, the free jazz scene. There's a whole mm -hmm. like young uh, jazz scene that was blow, uh, blowing up here that drew me to Chicago. Um, I originally thought I would get into that scene and be a part of it. And I, I did, but I, I, I still was drawn to this other thing that took over my life. So. And Pablo, your roots, are they also based in jazz or? Uh, I tried the jazz thing. Um, <laughs> last thing I remember from my jazz teacher telling me you should never tell anybody that you study with me and get the fuck get off the stage. Um, so, cool. I, I, I tried, I tried the jazz. So he thing. was, he was polite and gentle and let you down. Even no, I, I, so nice and gentle. Yes. He's, he's an amazing. <laughs> I, I wonder if he's still alive, but amazing. I won't mention his name. Um, yeah, amazing you. player. Amazing. Kim, if you're watching this, um, sorry. <laughs> uh, I pretty much I grew up. Uh, I'm I'm pretty much a, a street player. I mean, I like like I said, I tried to study a little bit, but 
you know, I never really like clicked in my head. Um, but I grew up playing uh, punk rock, you know, hardcore, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and did you cut your teeth on a stand up or a four string or what? Yeah, I mean, I've always played four string electric. And huh. then right around when I met David, um, I had put away all my electrics. And I was focusing on just trying to learn upright, uh, but probably not in the traditional way. I just had that instrument and I just wanted to play it like the way that I felt. Yeah. Uh, so when I met him in that jam session, um, there was a lot of, uh, you know, uh, experimental, I, w- I would call it, you know, not necessarily free jazz, but it was just, you know, bunch of people getting together, different backgrounds, a lot of jazzers, rockers, you know, you name it. Um, and just improvising. Um, and for me, I just wanted to use that tool to express myself. And it just became difficult. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to challenge myself, I guess, what I want to say, you know, it's a little bit easier to play on electric. Um, but you know, with the upright, it was more of a of, of a physical thing. So I, I I didn't necessarily get the whole thing of actually playing it correctly, but I was yeah. able to. I had the stamina and and the speed to be able to just play like nonstop for however long. And that's how we met. You know, he asked me, "Hey, you're gonna play this thing?" And I was like, "Ah, not really." And you know, we just kind of started banging out. And and like I was like I was saying earlier, you know, I just started playing. And he started playing right off the bat and I didn't stop. He didn't stop. And whenever I thought I was making mistakes, he made those mistakes sound beautiful. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just found myself like thinking like, wow, like, you know, going back to jazz of like, is there any like mistakes here? Is there any wrong notes? You know? So like, again, I just felt free playing that instrument. And, and, and again, at, at such a high pace, um, it just felt good. And, and um yeah that was when i first met him actually when i started talking to him I, I thought he was like a dj or something when he was talking about beats and stuff but then i saw him playing uh just jazz he was you know just playing jazz yeah. with these other people before i i sat in with them so playing jazz but with a double pedal right yeah. that we play this kind of music <laughs> you know considering where playing, he's, he's playing from. a double bass pedal i think it needs to be said so i just wanted to paint this picture back in 2002 when i moved to chicago you know, like there weren't that many, like people weren't using cell phones that much at the time. And it was really like very analog with like, like the local paper, right? Like you, when you look up, you know, classifieds for jam sessions. And I thought I was responding to an ad for looking for a drummer to try out for a band. And I was going to a lot of, I was going all over the city just to check out jam sessions at that time, not knowing even where I was going most of the time. So I entered this ad, I call this guy up and he's like, yeah, whatever Friday night. I go out to this place and it's like this Polish neighborhood and I'd never been in that area before. And like, it just looked really dark outside. Uh-huh. Mind you, I'm coming from Baltimore, which is a very dangerous city. And like, you know, I don't, and there's certain places you don't go. Right. Um, and I, I, I walk into yeah, Especially this on the North side, right? Man, the West and East side of all. Yeah. But like, yeah. So I walk into this warehouse at the look, I'm like, I guess this is it. You know, like I, I wrote the address down. I'm like directions <laughs> off MapQuest or something. And like, I get there and like, I walk up this warehouse up to the second floor into like, a, like I have to go out into this balcony and then, then I knock on this door. And I'm like, no, mind you, I don't even have a cell phone yet. So I'm like, hello? He's <laughs> on the roof. He's on the roof. Like, he's like, hey, dude, come on in. He's like, well, nice and stuff and friendly. I'm like, okay. So I get there and like this, 
I'm like, when's the when are we gonna when are the guys gonna show up to like to do this to do this band audition? He's like, oh, this is not an audition. This is a jam session. I'm like, okay, so uh, okay, so they got a drummer to come out, and I'm, I'm it's just jazz jam, jazz standards all night long. Like, yeah, yeah. Until I saw Pablo show up, and he has his upright bass, and I'm thinking like he kind of seemed in, in, uninterested in the jam session, and, but he brought that bass up like three flights of stairs, or whatever the fuck it was, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Like he came to play for sure, even if he even though I felt. He looked a little bit sad and lonely with his buddies. And I don't know. I was, I didn't know him. So I, I think he had a bottle of something with him. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> you know what I mean? Always um, makes the jazz play better. <laughs> and I, I literally went up to him after I was like, can we, can we, would you please play? I was like, I'm getting so bored. And, and we decided to, to play and it was, and it like really lit up this room. Like uh-huh. when we started playing. Now, mind you, what we were saying before earlier, this freedom he talked about, we experienced that right off the bat because like I, I, I'm coming from like all these bands in Baltimore that were like really fun and, and eccentric and experimental, but like there's all this guitar and bass and drums and sax, all these different things and elements. And like you have this role, like very set what you're doing. Yeah, I think Pablo too, right. like he's doing all this punk and hardcore, you know? So like you have to play along with the guitar player and you have to like know what's going on and like you have to follow the changes. Well, with me and with him, like anything goes. It's It's literally Fight Club, like... I might punch him in the ear for fun. Like he might uh-huh. in the gut, like, and it's all good. And I'll say like, and I'll say like, see you on Wednesday next week, you know? Um, but if it, it felt, it felt very real and genuine, the, the, the way we were traveling together and not, yeah. uh, and, and it didn't matter what we did. And we always were there for each other, even from the start. So that's really yeah. the blossoming of spism. Right it's, it's so interesting because most bands, whether it's punk, new age, alternative, rock, blues, whatever, they rely on, the bass and the drums to kind of sit back here. You're the rhythm section. Shut up. You know, write a song every once in a while. The rest of the time, you just do your thing while the vocalists and the guitar players are are shining. In the front, yeah. Yeah. Right. And every once in a while, you'll get with a band that's going to have, a you know, an ass-kicking drummer, and, and they'll showcase him. You'll get into something that can, that can do more than do-do-do-do-do on the bass, yeah. and uh, they'll give them a showcase. But that's always the formula, it seems. And you guys broke away from that. And just said, instead of us being a part of something, you became the something. It's extremely right. liberated, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it's very interesting because the the main instrument, you know, even for melody, if you will, in the beginning, um, it's the drums. Yeah. So it's kind of flipped because I never, I'm not a melodic bass player per se. You know what I mean? I just hold it down. Mm-hmm. I truck through it. You know, you you rarely. I mean, probably now I'm I'm doing a couple little things, but back in the day, man, I, you know, I was just you know just ripping, you know, just holding it down. And, and the drums was that whole you know that that guitar solo, if you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that 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 lead vocal um, in the composition. So and and it was very interesting. The other thing that I want to add too is that you know even though we were you know he was playing fast break beats or whatever, what was really cool was that we would go into, let's say, and, and we wouldn't necessarily talk about it, but you know, it could be like a Latin flavor all of a sudden, or it could be funk, or it could be punk right. or hardcore, or it could be whatever, you know, it could be jazz, you know, we do little jazz runs here and there. So uh-huh. that that's what, that's what was so cool. And, and going back to what you said, you know, like typically if you go see, uh, you know, a rock band or a punk band, it's, I don't want to say it's the same, but you know, you, you pretty much know the next yeah. song is going to be okay. Like, you know, they're awesome. You know, that's their sound, but it's going to be a set thing. 
You know what I mean? Uh, right. Kind right. of same structure, if you will. And you guys are the foundation. You set that up so that they can do the other stuff. Right. Right. That's what is so liberating about this band. Yeah. I didn't even know I, I needed this so much. But like when I finally found this with Pablo, there's just, it, it just allowed me to express myself in unrestrained ways. Where like in the past, when you jam with all these people, um, there's just, there's certain, there's certain, uh, I don't know how to say it, but like w- when I play with this guy, I literally can go, like if I'm feeling reggae all of a sudden, I can pull back, you know? Yep. Nothing can, right. Nothing's going to stop us from going through those motions. And when it's at its best, because improvisation can can go really bad too, right? It can go really badly. I've, I've yeah. seen a lot of right, that. Right, right, right. <laughs> but at, at its best, we are in the moment and we're going with the motion, with whatever, wherever it's taking us. Yeah. So, and that's what happened the first, the first, you know, couple of months of us playing together. We took a pause after we had this jam session. We kind of gave it a shot and it wasn't quite working out in the beginning. So we got together about a year later in 2003 when we really started. And then we started playing together. And like, that was really when things really just kind of blew up we, when we were ready to do it. So you I'm both talking about every night meeting for like four hours. Like, just Oh, playing. you're kidding. Like every night. pretty much. That's killer. So who writes your stuff then Dave, do you or Pablo, or do you write it together? Like that we're getting ready to listen to before you die. Where'd that come from? Was that sure. something yeah, that um, you came up with or Pablo well, comes up with or what? Well, first of all, I want to just, I want to just, before we get into that, I was just going to mention like for all this talk about the beginning of Spism, cause we go back, you know, 20 years. Yeah. The first phase of Spism, which is the first, you know, I don't know, four years of like 2003, 2007. That was mm. really like, you can listen to a, a something called movements. It's on our Spotify and just, just give it a listen. That's really captures that sound. Um, in 2000, in 2007, um, I was finishing up. I was, I was working, I work in coffee. I finished up a business and that I was a cafe that I had in Chicago. And I was like in this like transition period of my life. And I started, I busted out my uh, Yamaha keyboard I work with, which I hadn't really used that much of and uh, for anything. And I just started writing, you know, I was coming out of a um, like a bit of grief with uh, my brother who I lost in 2004, and there was a lot of stuff blowing up like in 2007 for me. I don't know, like my business ended, like mm-hmm. all this stuff came up, you know. And I think I started, I kind of started dealing with things. Um, at that time, Pablo also like I don't know, we we like 20 years, like we haven't always been playing together those 20 years, but like when we play together, it's, it's it really we really like jump in the pot, you know. Um, pretty all or nothing. And um, I started writing this stuff, one song called Flash Bomb, which became a single Before You Die, which you're going to hear in a second. And another song called, uh, another song called Lay Low. And um, the Before You Die song, it's just, you know, I don't know how to, what do you think, Pablo? I mean. <laughs> well, I, I want to say this, that before, just a little bit before this happened, you know, a lot of people, you know, we're requesting like, hey, you know, you should get a guitar player or you should get a singer. You know what I mean? Because it was. Oh, yeah. There's always someone like, to tell you how to how to do what you're successful at. Well, well, <laughs> well, no, no, because I mean, it was pretty intense. I mean, you got, you know, a bass player and a drummer just yeah. blasting right in your face, you know, and we've had people sit in like Joe Gress. Um, yeah, some MCs and stuff. Art Palomars, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, we, we had some people always, you know, just, at, you know, at a show or something. Um, and, and I want to say it's like that once I heard his primitive version, you know, with a little keyboard, with little beats and stuff and a little sampling that he had going and he was just, 
singing and screaming, you know, I was like, oh my God, I'm like, this is it. But then I was thinking, okay, how are we going to do this live? You know, because before, like, yeah. like I was saying, the way that we would write is that we would just play for like two, three hours. And again, you know, either if I had a riff or, you know, David would get on the keyboard or something or like, hey, you know, maybe play this bass line or, you know what I mean? Or, or I would say, hey, I really like this beat. You know, let's let's flex on that. You know, let's see what would come up. It, it was still improvised. And I think that was yeah. the first time that, you know, David sat down and was like, you know, started putting some ideas down. You know, because he, he does have that composing background. Um, and uh, I guess it just came from his heart. And I, I don't know where it came from, really. I just heard it and I, I thought it was awesome. Well, well, Especially I mean, on Flashbomb. Let, let me let me just throw this too. Like, so we, again, like we're, we're painting this like punk jungle, like heavy duty, like sweat out in the basement, like play the six in the morning kind yeah. of style, like really, really meaty uh, music that's taking you places. And, um, and all of a sudden we're singing before you die. Right, and we really don't have a great way of like playing this song live, but we we started we started integrating this in the set, and it became over time it became this sort of anthem that people would request, you know, like oh like play before you die, like and it's it, I, I'll call it a pop tune. Yeah, uh-huh. I think people will disagree. <laughs> I think title a title alone, well, it's not a pop tune, but like it has a pop format, like a verse refrain. Right, right. Um, but this song is very much about. You know losing someone very close to you but like uh, realizing realizing that like life goes on and like but life life matters it has you have to keep moving like you you can't stop so it's really a song about the living the people here that like a carpe diem a bit so um this anthem has has driven us really far i mean it, it takes us all the way even this song that's that's it's older to us it has definitely become our most epic and you know epic song you know let's and, hear it let's hear it Okay, we're with the band Spism from Chicago and Tokyo. And first song we're going to hear from them tonight is Before You Die. Your lights are shine above all things that lights. You've reached that point in life when nothing's in your
Before You Die with Spism from Chicago and Tokyo. And speaking of places, we were talking off mic here a little bit. I'm in Vermont right now. Well, River Ridge Farm, Vermont's recreation lover's dream, is a gorgeous vacation rental. It's nestled in the Green Mountains of Vermont. River Ridge Farm is an escape to everything that's wonderful that Vermont has to offer. This historic farmhouse is set atop 16 acres of field with mountain views, pasture, a pond, tree-lined river frontage. Come on out, enjoy this beautiful spot right in the heart of the Green Mountain State. Along with multiple nearby ski and mountain resorts, breweries, biking and hiking trails, and other tourist activities, this spot is unique due to its multiple mountain views and resident farm animals. If you talk to the owner and the host, Diana, about coming up, make sure you make plans to pet and interact with the animals on the farm, specifically the pig. She's got these really cool pigs there. Or just do a, a farm stay in the comfortable modern farmhouse, which sleeps 11 guests very easily, enough space on property to throw events or just kick back, relax, rejuvenate in the beautiful Vermont landscape. And uh, just a little side note, it's already getting cool. The leaves are already changing. So if you want to get out here and watch the leaves change, get out here soon. So check them out. It's called River Ridge Farm. They're on Facebook, and you'll find them by searching River Ridge Farms Jeffersonville, or just go through Airbnb, River Ridge Farm, Vermont's Recreation Lover's Dream. Beautiful. It's it, it doesn't have the pizza that you'll get in Chicago, no. but it's still a beautiful place. <laughs> I hear Vermont's beautiful. Yeah. So you guys met at a jam session 20 years ago and you're still together. Yes. Yeah. We're still together. And yeah, how do you do how do you do this thing, Pablo, when you're in Tokyo and Dave's all the way in Chicago? Uh, well, I think it was I'm I'm very bad with with dates and stuff. Um, it was during the, the pandemic. Um, he was putting some things together, you know, with GarageBand on his computer. He started messing around with it. Um, you know, put some ideas down. And I had been working uh, with some other guys, uh, old friends from uh, Chicago, working on a record. Uh, same, same way, you know, just emailing stuff back and forth, uh, stems. And I told David, I'm like, listen, man, why don't you get like a little sound card, you know, let's get you a little sound card for your computer. Um, so you can start tracking, you know, just, I think we have two mics at the rehearsal spot in Chicago uh -huh. for his drums. Just put, uh, one mic, uh, near the kick drum and one overhead and, you know, just start, start tracking some stuff. And he's like, well, you know, you know, Typical drummer stuff, ah, computers, technology, chords, you know, maybe I just go to the studio, you know what I mean? And we, oh, and we had been working on, there it is, now I'm remembering, we had been working on the single uh, Before You Die, yeah. right? So, and, you know, we just decided that we wanted to try it, just, you know, let's just, let's just track it. And I have a computer here and I could plug in my bass to it. And let's start working on some tracks, man. You know what I mean? Instead of trying to go to the studio, you know, like where he would go to a studio, lay down some stuff, and then I would go to a studio here in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, that, that I think that's where it started, right, David? I'm, I'm kind of forgetting. No, it started you're, with you're Before right. You Die, right? 
right? It started with before you died. I went to the studio shortly after you left for Tokyo. Right. The turn of 2019. I went, it was the summer of 2018. And I started tracking in the studio space. Um, so like, you know, great drum sound, all that stuff. And like, I tracked my keyboards and vocals. And then we sent it over to, to Tokyo for him to track his bass. And then we produced the song. And at the same time as the pandemic hit, um, as Pablo said, he encouraged me to, he's like, why don't you just, why don't you just try? Like, cause I started thinking, why don't we add to this song? Like, why don't we do the songs we've never done? Like, right, right, called right. Lay Low. again, another song we, we tracked back at this horrible, um, you know, <laughs> this horrible <laughs> studio experience in 2008. Um, uh, and we like, why not, why not put some more stuff out? So I started, I started, I, I was, I, I was encouraged by Pablo to, um, to gather my gear. Essentially I had a laptop, I had a few good mics. I had a practice space. Pandemic was happening. There wasn't much we could really do, right? Like we can't yeah. really do much. So I just, what I didn't know is that I was going to about to open a Pandora's box of writing. So I broke out my Yamaha keyboard, the same keyboard that, that produced Before You Die and Lay Low and Flash Bomb. And I started, I started writing. And I started, I, I started realizing that with a little bit of investment and, you know, uh, a focus rate, and what I had, I could actually do a pretty decent job recording and tracking. I really, again, feeling liberated, but liberated to to track it and try to learn how to track. And, you know, so in that process, I started like I went on a binge junkie freaking composition streak. And I, I guess like going back to like 2004, like using my brother and then like before he died, kind of got kind of like pulling from that. Like it's kind of like it's kind of a can opener of grief for me or like or like that expression. I, I opened up that can of worms and I, I, I like made a pact with myself literally at that time. Cause I started getting really into like composing and writing whatever comes out. I need to like, just go with it, you know, like yeah. just whatever, even if it doesn't sound like specific to me, right. I just have to let it go. So I started writing songs like twin speaks. I started writing songs like, um, you know, all these other songs that became on before you die. So, yeah. So it was like That's your experiment to kind of get it, to try it yeah and so like, that evolved into before before you die yes so this album all of a sudden like i wrote like the album is like nine or ten songs but i wrote 15 you know oh okay it, it, it literally fit onto this album space i just couldn't fit all in there so we actually even more, have another, more like 30 yeah I, <laughs> no, that's, no seriously yeah no I've kidding written, wow Tom, i've written like like 40 songs already tracked oh ready God. to go since 2000 yeah. what 2021 Something like that yeah. like in like two years, like it's been right. insane. I continue to write yeah. a lot. So, so then, wait, now you do your tracks and what you send them over to Pablo and then he yeah. adds stuff to them. Yeah, do you know? I've never heard of this band, the Postal Service, back in the day, like early nah. 2000s. Anyway, like they became death, I, dude. I stopped listening to music in the 80s. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> nice. Well, this this band, they were you know, this is this is kind of like the beginning of internet, so uh -huh. they, they would get tapes like Tascam and they would literally mail it through the Postal Service to each other. They lived in like different places. Yeah. So like on a much more analog sense, they were doing this back and forth thing. It's much easier for us now because like I can just, you know, you know how it goes. Like I can yeah. just send a logic session to him in a second and he can see it and like manipulate it and send it back to me. So we're doing this back and forth ping pong game. But it's but the, the real process, again, like this this collaboration of two people, this dialogue, this conversation yeah. is like, I, I, Spism is us. Spism is him and I. That's really the right. answer to your original question. It's him and I talking, our relationship. We're super different people. Like we are so, uh, so different. Like I, if I wasn't playing with Spencer, we probably wouldn't be friends. Like we, we are so different. We are probably. so different. 
<laughs> but like somehow, some way, like when we get to their room, something happens. I don't know. That's amazing. Yeah. That happens so much with artists too. You know, yeah. that uh, in, a, in a social function, nah, <laughs> keep him away from right. me. But somebody says, let's go jam. <laughs> like I'm jamming with him because exactly. we can connect on that level. That's a way that we yes. communicate. Yeah, I get that. And we have this like we have this beautiful friendship that's you know that's come from this interaction and this explosion of sound and it's and there's this is nothing like it there's nothing like this friendship i had with pablo so. and uh pablo you'll back me up you guys have been together 20 years i mean marriage some marriages don't last that long right yeah for sure <laughs> yeah so are you full-time probably you full-time resident in tokyo or are you just there for your work right uh now? yeah i mean i yeah i have i have a visa yeah i'm not i'm not i am permanent yes but uh, semi-permanent. It, it's like your home's in Tokyo, now. but when you go home, home, yeah. you're going to Chicago. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. I'm originally from Uruguay, South America. Oh, but okay. what, what I wanted to add with this whole process was that, you know, um, during the pandemic, we were trying to get into studios too, you know, mm-hmm. and the problem was that they were just not available. Um because of the mandates or for whatever reason, right? Like we, right. we, we just couldn't do it. Uh, you know, there was like a waiting list and, mm-hmm. you know, we try to work remotely with uh, engineers because, you know, we have no idea what we're doing. We're just tracking the <laughs> drums with two the mics. two mics and then two I'm feeding a bass into the computer. So it's been a learning experience. You know, we're, we're getting a lot better as we go. We, we bought like, you know, a couple extra mics and stuff for his drums. Right. Uh, he's still playing on the drum set that he had since he was 10 years old. <laughs> I mean, our equipment isn't the best, but we, we realized that when it came to this music, um, we just needed to do it ourselves. You know, so because it's, it, you know, David is, is writing all this music. I understand where he's coming from. And obviously he understands where I'm coming from. And, you know, when you try to explain it to another person, it's kind of like, okay, well, mix this song, you know, and it, it just sometimes <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't, you know, so we were, we were throwing money, you know, from the stuff that we we're selling, you know, or little budget that we had. And, we, you know, we we just decided, hey man, good or bad, we're just going to do it ourselves, and this allows us to just do whatever we want. Because, like David mentioned earlier, you know, he said, "Well, Spism is, you know, Pablo and I." And so the music, like if you listen to the first, first the beginning of Spism versus some of the stuff now, you're like, "Well, wait a minute, what?" where's the connection, you know, and, and David even brought up the fact is like, well, should this be like a solo project or, you know, should we call it something else? Or, you know, I was yeah. like, nah, man, this, this is us, man. Yeah. And whatever, even if the next, next single, the next song that we're going to track is whatever style, it doesn't matter because that's what we're feeling at this moment. And it goes back to our, initial uh experience as to when we were improvising a lot is like that's what we felt in that moment so we have to capture that moment and now we have a way to capture that when he's in the rehearsal spot or at home you know he technology you know allows him to just capture that i mean 
I can't even tell you how many like voice messages I get from him and like, hey man, check out this video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Like, can you run that? Can can you like track that and just send that back to me? I mean, That's you know, so he's true. like one of those guys. Like, I got a song, but he's he, he's at work or he's somewhere, and I can hear all the stuff going on in the back. He's on his phone, like, hey man, I got I got this amazing melody, and the drums are gonna go like this. I mean, he he's got it all, you know. For me, I'm I'm not that type of person. Like Accurate. I can't see the whole, <laughs> I can't see that whole picture. I can't see the end goal. I, I, I just kind of react to things. You know. Yeah, you and, said something, Pablo, that was really cool though, and it seems like it all goes back to that rooftop again. Mm. You guys can both, no matter what is going on in life, what's happening out of nowhere, you get a message or something, or or you might wake up with something and have this idea, and right how you find each other goes all the way back to that connection you made on the rooftop. That is That's correct. so cool. That is yeah. wonderful. How it's, it's a blessing, man, to, to yeah. be able to, to have another music, you know, I, this may sound kind of cheesy, but it, it's to a point, like when we play live uh, and, you know, now it's, it's hard to do, you know, being together and stuff, but um, I can anticipate where he's going to go before he does it and vice versa for him. Like, I know that like, like I just hear the drums and I know that he's going to change, you know, especially when we have no idea we used to have, you know, usually like in song structures, you know, going back to to the beginning, you know, we, we say, okay, well, a section, that's kind of that riff that you did earlier, you know, B section. Then we would always have the C section. We call it a C section where it was just kind of like, okay, during this part, we don't know what we're going to do. We're just going to do something. And those were the, the C sections were, were so awesome for me because I could even just stop. And then yeah. he may, he may abruptly stop. He's like, Oh, we just stop for it. You know what I mean? And then we, we could have like, have this playful thing going on where the audience doesn't have any idea what's going on, but I'm smiling. You know, we're having this conversation without uh-huh. speaking. You know what I mean? And yeah, it's, it's sort of that, a, that's it, no, wait, wait, I get goosebumps this. just thinking about it, man. No, you know what watch, I mean? Watch this, Pablo. So Dave, watch this. Mm. It's sort of a misdirection. Yes. Ah. Taking us there. I tell people this all the time when I'm listening to jazz. uh, The two things I like most about jazz, and I'll sit there and I'm thinking, yeah, this is where they're going to go with that. And when they do, I go, yeah. And then when they don't, I go, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's that misdirection. (laughs) So when I saw this as a a name of a song, the next song we're going to hear, I thought, how cool is that to have a jazz song called misdirection? Because that's what jazz is. I mean, to me, it's a big fundamental part of jazz. Like you, you, you kind of lead people to this edge and you either take them over or you steer them right back away in a different way. Right. That's what you were just right. talking about, Pablo. You guys do that in that C-section, right? Yeah, man. Love C-section. <laughs> Let's listen to it, right? It's the next yeah. song from Spism. The song is called Misdirection. Look that way, that way, this Mr. 
resurrection cubes in the world of spits Look this way, this way, that Panoramic view in the world looks flat Look that way, that way, this Resurrection cubes in the world of spits A little and they go away Misdirection with Spism and our guest Pablo Pascal and Dave Marsalek. And boy, I didn't mess up either of those names, did I? You didn't. <laughs> Nailed it. The, the band is called Spism. We're going to talk with them a little bit more in a moment. B Normous Productions. B, capital B, Normous Productions. They've been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, then Verhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loved the most, and that's production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own little place in Millican, Colorado. Well, I shouldn't say little place, his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments and high-end tools are on hand to make you sound as good as you can and make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. He has one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some records. Go make some videos. Be Normous Productions. They're on Facebook or at BeNormousProductions.com. And before we go on to the, the the last song, which is Twin Speaks, uh, Dave or Pablo, whatever, look, either of you, mm-hmm. on Misdirection, Erica Owen, is that the woman? Yeah, no, no S, Erica Owen. Owen, okay. 
And so how did she fit, fit into Spism? She's not uh, a drummer or a bass player. So after we released Before You Die in March of 2002, um, again, like this, like, well, this, this incredible weight was lifted off my shoulders. Like I, I literally, you know, there's a lot of emotions behind this, putting this out. We were, we weren't like, we didn't have this wrapped up, you know, months before it was released. It was like the week, like a few days before we released the album. We were finishing mastering. Um, so it like, it just hit hard. And like when that album came out, I like, I, I literally, a lot of emotions pushed out. So with that said, I started writing, uh, kept on my writing spree and I really felt like a lot. I wanted to move in a new direction. It was very, very uplifting, you know? So I started writing songs um, that started feeling in different vibes, like that involved hip hop and, you know, um, a little more lighthearted, a little more party, a little more drum and bass, like less heavy duty emotions. And we, we, we have a bunch of friends in a collective called the Day Walkers um, that we did a track with called Glory. Um, you're welcome to check it out on all streaming. Um, one of the one of the vocalists on that was Erica Owen. So I was introduced by, to Erica Owen by a friend named No Sage, a really good friend of mine who worked on Glory. And um, Erica Owen did a really great job on Glory. Um, it's like a synth. It's kind of a Stranger Things esque synth um, synth pop kind of sound, huh. um, and something something a little bit different. Um, when we when we started writing this music for what became Mars Rising, that it was just released last month, uh, sorry, a month or two ago in August. Um, the song Misdirection came out. And a lot of times I'll write a hook that I'll sing. So like I'll public touch on this, how, you know, you, we want to capture things in the bottle right away. So like yeah. one of my, my biggest thing with, with this kind of music is when I'm feeling it, like I might write lyrics that I track right after I write them. Like I'm at the practice base writing and tracking. Yeah. Um, or like tracking lyrics that I just, you know, I, Tracking drums that, that I've, I've never played before to the song and I track them, that might be the take, you know, because it's the hottest, it's the hottest rate in the beginning. So we, I tracked these, this vocal line for this vocal hook for misdirection. And I felt like it was good, but it needed a few more vocals. So knowing we had worked with Eric Owen before, knowing she loved, she, she's a vocalist who can like take something and just, just run with it. That's the kind of style she is. Um, she, she really ran with it. So wow did a bang up job so so where do uh where do you see spism going from here i mean you've been around 20 yeah. years you're adding new flavors you're adding synthesizers you're adding vocals do you see you ever becoming a full orchestra yes. with horns and guitars and all the things that you got away from yeah what I, what I really love to see is, is we're starting to do this is, is build this collective like this could be in both cities or you know whatever but i'm gonna try to add people Obviously, you know, adding a bass player, like adding vocalists, people play synthesizer parts. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, the less reliant on the, the track, the track that we're, that's being played through the PA, yeah. the better. And the more of a live band, it'd be so much more fluid, so much more emotions. Pablo, so, what's, the, what's the talent base like for you in Tokyo? I'm, I'm, everybody knows Chicago blues, Chicago jazz. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that Tokyo is a jazz capital of the world it might be i just don't know that yeah i mean there's uh it's i don't know i don't know what to say i'm, I'm a little bit frustrated right now with the scene here there's obviously some amazing players amazing players uh -huh. out here in any genre um unfortunately because i'm gaijin 
and and I don't want to say that this is true. You mean you explain you know, that, Pablo? Maybe, uh, that I'm, I'm a foreigner. Um, that you know, maybe some of the listeners, you know, can verify this or not. I, I just don't know. But the feeling that I'm getting right now is that if you're not Japanese banned, if you're, you know, for foreign banned, um, it's tough to get certain gigs. You know, and I I'm not sure if I believe that. But I've been just kind of stuck doing the same gigs yeah. with the same kind of circle. You know what I mean? And I, I really want to branch out and 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 experiment more with, with different with, with other bands. So like right now, I'm 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 like seeing a lot of uh, you know you got your doom rock, you know your rockers. Uh, a lot of a lot of. Um, people are are doing covers you know a lot of cover bands yeah, yeah. stuff like that you know acoustic um and i'm not sure exactly where spism fits in but like i kind of want to be playing different shows with more a little bit more experimental you know musicians or something like i feel like you know the way that that we play it's a little bit harder i mean i can't really explain it but i I have a show. Well, I don't want to promote it just yet, but um, <laughs> I, I guess what I want to say, going back to what you guys said, um, is that I would love to see whether this is, you know, five years down the road or whatever, uh, a show where it's David and I drums and bass, obviously he'll sing, but we get some other musicians to help us, you know, do all the other stuff, you know, the stands, yeah. right, you know, right. the guitar. Like they just have like a full, full band, you know what I mean? With showcasing the the drummer and the bass. You know what I mean? So it's right. kind of like that that reverse role. You know I, mean, I was kind of envisioning when you were talking that like what Dave's got going on in Chicago, you get the same thing kind of going in Tokyo, and then you bring your forces together yeah. and Dave comes over and you guys do a whole thing. Well, in right, Tokyo, and then right. you go over and do a he, whole thing. He will, he will, he will come here for sure. I mean, I do. I, you know, it's kind of hard to find a drummer that can do what Dave does. You know, his style. Right. Um, I think that I found somebody that's. You know, I don't want another David. You know what I mean? I don't want right. another Spiz out here because he is who he is, and I love the way that he plays. Nobody um, makes my I, dad's chili the way my dad made my dad's chili. There you go. There you go. You know, you know. but I, but I, I, I do have somebody out here that, you know, he could hang. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He's he, a good, he understands he a good the music. Drummer, he's yeah. a good drummer out there. Yeah, but it's yeah. not his dad's chili. You know, That's right. just somebody else's chili. Well, well I think I think when when David comes over here, I think what we'll do will be we'll we'll probably try to do like a hybrid set where. Okay. David will will sit on some drums, and then when he wants to sing, whichever song he he would like to sing, I would have my drummer bring that other guy. Yeah, back him up. Yeah, back him up. And I think you know that. Yeah, I love playing with the computer. It's fun, but I mean, dude, I'm a bass player, man. I love drums. You know, I you can't. You know, I, I need the live drums, man. So I just you know keep going right now, with, and I'm working with what I got, and you know, so that's what I've been doing here. So, well, it's the whole world live drummer uh, or computer, the whole world of analog versus digital. And when you're mm -hmm. live, you got analog. And when, when Dave's not there, then it's digital and you, you just don't get that feel. You don't get that warmth, you know? 
It's a, it, you know it, he pushed me to do it. It was David. I it was David. <laughs> Shame on you. It's all my fault. Yeah. He was like he was like hey, you just got to go out there. And I'm like with a computer. I'm like come on man. You know he's like yeah you can do it. It'll be fun. You know and you know I've been having fun. It's I can't awesome, I can't deny. Awesome. I mean the, the shows seriously the shows that I've been doing have been great. Um, I just did one on Saturday. I, I opened it. My daughter was there. Oh cool. Um, and uh, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. Let me tell you something, Tom. There's nothing as surreal as <laughs> this. I mean, the first time you hear your voice going through, you're watching a live stream of a video <laughs> of Tokyo. It's nine in the morning here, yeah. 11 at night right. there. <laughs> He's playing a show. And like you hear your voice going through a speaker, and uh -huh. people are, are jamming out. There's it just it's, no it's, kidding. It's so freaking it's weird. So man. bizarre. It's so it's 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 really strange. Um, and I don't know if Pablo felt the same way hearing me play in his bases. Maybe it's different because <laughs> it's not it. It's his hometown. Yeah, I, I shed a I shed a tear. I was in uh I was in a Toyama City in a in a trolley, okay. and I had my headphones okay. on. I was with a family on a family vacation. I'm like, I have to listen to this. Don't hate me. <laughs> yeah. And I was like. And I was like getting all like, oh, here comes the next change. You know, like my, my, my fingers right, are going right. and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God. You know? How funny. <laughs> and that, that was the first time. Yeah, it was great. Well, Tom, <laughs> we, we have a unique situation, right? I mean, like we, we've, we've been in this long-term band that's, that's done mm -hmm. so much. Like we really have like, we haven't even touched on this. We've toured a lot. We've gigged a lot. We've recorded a lot. We've done a lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, and then, and then we've, we've seen this like movement uh, with Pablo moving to Tokyo, which has been amazing for his life starting a family there and starting and establishing new roots and, and all this and, and cultural direction, all these things. And like, I thought it might be sort of the death of this band, you know, and then the pandemic. Hit. And at the same time, we, we haven't, we've, we've, we've never been closer, you know, like everything has wow. really, like, has really connected us. And again, back to this friendship and this connection. So I think when you hear us, when you listen, to, when you see us live, you know, you see him live, me live, whatever it, you, you will, you will hear this connection, but we're, you know, yeah, there's, we're, not, we're doing we're not, more now than we did when we were when I was it's back so in Chicago. Crazy, yeah. <laughs> and and, so and you can't you can't poo-poo 20 years, man. I mean, 20 years yeah. is a long, long it time. Is. I mean, I was in a cover band for two years and it seemed like an eternity, you know. Uh, <laughs> yes. Well, like long, what? long like the long, the long, long brushstroke here is like a year ago. I was supposed to go, I had tickets to go to um to Tokyo right. and, we, and and Pablo had planned a tour. Yeah. Um, which was very exciting. And he, and he was, he was sort of, I, I guess probably maybe you can elucidate, but like you were able to kind of infiltrate some of the market a little bit outside of. I, some did. Of I didn't scenes. have a problem. I didn't have a problem. This is but what I don't understand what's going he on. He had to cancel the tour. Yeah. And then now he's they're not blacklisted, but it just seems like you're not really able to get out the way you were. Uh, I, I would, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that, but it, it might be a little bit more difficult, but we don't know. And, and that's, that's, that's what's so great about this band at the moment is that, when we do get together and we're in the same room, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I went to Chicago with the family and th th that was a learning experience. That, that was that in May time. It was just not too long ago. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. That was, that was, I, I will be prepared next time. It was just, uh, Tom, we did, we, did we, we bought a venue. For, we played three sets. You bought yeah, a I venue. Just, we, we, well, had, we, we didn't No, we, no we, we like, we took over a night. Like we, okay, we, like, okay. we, we, we like bought their, we bought their night. Like That's the cool, and we had three sets. Each set was forty-five minutes. Each set would have been would have floored each of us. Like wow. we played before you die all the way straight through. We played Mars Rising. We played all the old stuff at the very end of the night. We had the upright. We got people up on stage. Yeah, I had to play upright. I haven't played upright in like crazy. seven years. The place was crazy, dude. Right. It was amazing. People came yeah. from all over. That's all, awesome. We had, 
any band that's been around for 20 years has a cool following. You know oh, I mean? sure, sure. So we have friends that came from Carbondale, like where we, you know, you know Carbondale yeah. from St. Louis. Like uh-huh. we have friends from like all over that came all over like to the show. It was super fun. And we threw the fuck down, even if yeah. we weren't completely ready. It was amazing. And it's all on, it's all on YouTube. Yeah. That's YouTube. so cool. Some people that don't see you together, yeah. all of a sudden get a chance to see you together. Well, yeah. If they've been following you for 20 years. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 The next run, the next run will be what? Oh, so I go back. Well, spring, right? I go Coming back to Japan. Yeah. Well, no, I, I go back. You said June or something? Yeah, late June, I go back. So there'll be something happening in Chicago late June. Yeah. And then you come to Japan in the fall, correct? Next year? I guess so. We were, yeah, we haven't figured that out yet. But... Yeah. So that's going to be. Yeah, I've never been to Japan. No, no, I'm really jammed about coming up there. We've always oh, man, wanted to play Japan. It. Yeah, we've always. Everybody, everybody that knows me says, "You don't go because you'll never want to leave." <laughs> <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> that's the problem. I know. I know. Hey, we're so, running out of time, guys. So let's get in this last song if we could. Yeah. Quinn speaks is the last song we're going to hear. Now, is this how far back is this one? Is this a new song or is this going back in the archives? This is fairly new. Yes, yeah, so this is not on the newest album. But again, these are these albums are only a year apart, right? So, oh, okay. March, March two thousand two, we put out before you die. And uh, the uh, just one of the first tracks in the album is our is one of our ballads, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to put this on the show. So even though it's not the newest song, it's um, it really touches on like the other side. This is the I want to end the show with this softer side of spism. This is you know everybody knows Twin you know Twin Peaks, yeah, but like I'm a twin. Like Twin is the one who I lost. So Twin speaks. This is speaking to someone, speaking to someone you've lost who's incredibly close to you. Um, like having a communication after that, after death, you know, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to get too into that. Like, just cause we're at the end of the show. Right. Right. <laughs> but, but I wanted to say that, um, this song really gets into like that bottle, like bottling, like, uh, the connection between brothers, you know, yeah. and being so tight that you feel something beyond yourself that you can't explain, you know? Uh, that's what the song is about. But it is also about, it's, it's, uh, I'm looking at, I'm just going to sound pretty crazy as people listen to the track. It's, it's literally from my twin perspective, like being in my brother's shoes. It's, it literally is that. And like, I'll just say that. Um, and, and you take it from there when you listen to this track. But yeah. I'm going to give a private note to my daughter right now. Light your red candle and we're going to listen <laughs> to it. And, and I'll explain off mic. But this is a spism. Jamie, John, like Killian's candle.
Speaks Spism with Pablo and Dave from Chicago and Tokyo, our, our guests from the Illinois Music of America podcast. I'm sorry, I'm just really taken aback by this whole story here about uh, about Twin Speaks. It's, uh, that's something really, really touching. So guys, let's, let's go forward on this. This is the last segment of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. We're in October right now, so... Let's see what's going out with Spism for the rest of the year. New albums, new CDs. Can we buy merch? You've been around 20 years. You got to have a t-shirt or a hat or something. Yeah. Yeah. We have before you die t-shirts. We have hoodies. We have hoodies that were made in, in Tokyo and Japan that were brought over in May. They're really special. Yeah, in Chicago. Yeah. They're handmade. I, uh, gosh, I can even show you. It's right here. I'm freaking got it right here. So it's oh, like, look at that. But you know, Spism. Anyway, so we have tons of merch. We have pins. We have lots of stuff. You can go to our website, www.spism.com. That's a recent, we recently uh, rebought that, that website uh, after many years of being inactive. Uh, a big site for us is Bandcamp. Follow us on Instagram at, at spism underscore, underscore, underscore. We have, we're on, uh, we'd love for you to follow us on Spotify um, as well. We're, you know, on TikTok and what else? Facebook. <laughs> I guess we should point yeah. out too. Like the word prism is P-R-I-S-M, but spism yep. is S-P-I-Z-M, right? Yeah. So yeah, I can I can mention that. So, yeah. <laughs> so like spism is is a is a is a weird word. I, you can think what you want about it. There's a lot of the ways you can take it, but so my my initials are you know um, D-I-Z-M, um, David Ignatius Hersey Mars. Like so, I like this ism thing, um, and then I like kind of like it's like kind of like my nickname is Spiz. It became Spiz when I met Pablo and his crew. So it's uh-huh. kind of like spastic Spiz. It's kind of okay. like I have a label called. It's Disney not Records. the direction I thought it was going. I know so there's another side. <laughs> of it. Yeah, there, there's that direction there's, too. There's, there's, there's an explosive side of it. Yes, there's um, there's <laughs> um, there's there's a logo that someone that someone designed that involved that. Anyway, I would imagine. I can only Gallagher-esque. imagine. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, but like I also have, I also developed with all the. I've been in a lot of bands. Any any drummer that's that you know before kids, I, I had like five bands at one point, including yeah. Spism. Um, so I, I developed a record label called Ism Records. That's also something you can check out. You know, if you look up Ism okay. I Z M, um, and that involves all the bands. But Spism is the active band on that label. So, yeah. Pablo, how do you say goodbye in Japanese? Well, I want to I want to self shamelessly promote myself too. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, are we in October? Are we in October or September? We're in October. Uh, oh wait, okay. uh, wait, uh, no, you're Illinois, right? Late September. Yeah, hang on. No, late no, September, no. I think. Yeah, late September. I think you're on. Uh, it's yeah, just late after September. your show, Last... buddy. I, right. I think it's after your show. Right. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, I got a, I got a show coming up um, with uh, Spizzle material uh, September 23rd, which can be viewed uh, live live stream at uh, Got Faded Japan. Uh, YouTube channel. Uh, my Instagram is Juan Shelby. Mm-hmm. That's like easy that. for you to Juan. say. Juan. <laughs> Mexican is long story behind that. And then Shelby, like the okay. Mustang. Shelby. Like the Mustang Shelby. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Shitty bass player from Japan, from Tokyo. Um, and yeah, we have, uh, we're currently working on a monster of a track right now. I don't know. If you want to yeah. talk about it real it's called quick? Ricochet. It's called Ricochet. Yeah, with some uh, some some awesome artists, um, and yeah, I can't wait to throw some bass on that. 
And then we have an album hopefully coming out in a couple months. Yeah, we have an album called Later Rest, and that is a that's a B that's the B sides to Before You Die. Uh-huh. Again, really right. heavy duty, you know, like heavy duty music. Going to be great. It's coming out on November seventeenth. That is that is the date. Um, there we go, November seventeenth, and available on all streaming. <laughs> that's services. an anniversary date. That's an anniversary date. So, oh, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, a lot. There's there's so much music. Like Tom, there's 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 like I have so many tracks that are literally have been written in Logic. They're ready to go. I'm just waiting for that bass. Pablo and I joke about this all the time, but there's just so much to put out. So we're trying to space it out. I'm constantly writing, constantly moving. I'm going to be in in Tokyo next year. I'll be with, he'll be here in next year as well. We're going to get together. It's going to keep going. So So I got to make plans now to be there in June of 24. Is that correct, Pablo? That's Chicago. Uh, uh, June, probably late, late June, uh, Chicago. I'll be in Chicago later. No, when are we going to be? Rather twenty eight. When am I in Tokyo? Then when are you guys in Tokyo? I don't Dave, know. I'm when... here, man. You can come, you can come tomorrow, Dave, man. I, I was mean, thinking I'm spring. Honestly. Spring. Yeah, in spring. spring but... Like in a couple of months, spring. Soon. Oh. Okay, we'll see you in twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get there, man. Yeah, gotta... <laughs> for sure, guys. It's been a, it's been quite a lesson and quite interesting. I. You don't know where you're going with some of these interviews. And this went exactly where I had no idea it was going to go. That's amazing. <laughs> awesome. awesome. It was amazing, That's guys. Great. Thanks so much. Pablo and Dave from the band Spism. Up Thanks next, for having us. Hey, thank you, man. Up next, we're going to wrap up our visit in Illinois with Chris Parsons from Christopher, Illinois. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.